Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. This week, Alyssa Mastermonico, Tian Tran, and I asked the following questions. Who would win in a fight? Ted Cruz or literally anybody else? Why are people flocking to bars and nail salons during a pandemic? And just how much bad news can be drowned out by the waving of Neil Gorsuch's mini rainbow flag? All this and more right now. Protests have been filling the streets around the world for three weeks now. Um, The president thinks we have invented a vaccine for AIDS, which makes me think he probably doesn't know what a vaccine is. And also famous COVID victim Prince Charles still can't smell and taste the delicious culinary offerings of England. So to break down what politicians and governments are doing or not doing about all the problems, I'm going to call my friend silver-haired goddess and former White House deputy chief of staff under President Obama, Alyssa Mastromonaco. Hello, Erin. Hey, Alyssa. I have a question for you. You always do. But this is a one that I think that you'll probably have a much, much better answer for than I will. Okay. So, okay. So, you know, how sometimes politicians who are bad will have names that match how dumb their policies are, like mm-hmm. a really dumb name, a real dumb politician. Like right yeah. now I am, I'm in Arizona and the governor of Arizona is named Doug Ducey. And he's been doing some real dumb shit. And I feel like his name is so like perfect, perfectly Doug Ducey for the Doug Ducey policies. So my question for you, Alyssa, is what's the dumbest politician name that matches an actual dumb politician? Uh, So one of my faves is Young Boozer. Young Boozer is Young Boozer is the state treasurer of Alabama. (laughs) Young Boozer? Young Boozer. Couldn't is that his legal name? Legal name, Young Boozer. 
why doesn't he just go by why boozer? I guess there's I, no way around. I mean, that. look back in the 1800s, there was an entire unrelated crop of men whose first names was man was Manlove. Manlove was their first name. Manlove Carlisle, Manlove Jester, Manlove Hayes. So anyway, I just think did that it, political names are wild. Did any Manloves ever achieve political power or did their Manlove name prevent them? No, they were all very, that? very like well-respected in their communities. And most of them held some form of elected office in the state of Delaware, all three of them. Really? Yeah, yeah. See, wow, that's a, that's a great that's a great fact. I'm a um, font Wisconsin. of garbage. I'm a font of garbage. Oh God! Oh my God! Wisconsin, my home state, and I'm also right now wearing a shirt that says Door County, Wisconsin. Oh, I love Door County. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, I'm wearing a Door County shirt. I adopted the state of Wisconsin for adopt a state. Been thinking about Wisconsin. Wisconsin had a governor for a long time named Tommy Thompson, which is so funny to me. He should probably be friends with the Winklevosses. <laughs> Yes, totally. Um, I think, hasn't Idaho have had some pretty crazy political names? The current governor of Idaho is Butch Otter. Butch, Butch, Butch Otter. Otter? Butch Otter. And he looks kind of handsome. Well, I guess, you know, if you're, if you're good looking enough and confident enough, you can carry off almost any name, including Young Boozer. Young Boozer. Butch Otter. Young Boozer. Um, the reason I've been thinking about Doug Ducey a lot, um, apart from the fact that I'm currently in Arizona, which the second I return to California, I will be getting a COVID test and isolating until I know the results. Seems because, about right. Holy crap. I did not understand that I would be flying right into, or not flying, driving right into the center of a, a burgeoning number second one, wave of the Number pandemic. one in overall, no, number one in growth yesterday. Biggest overall of like any state, I guess. You know, before we even traveled, um, we took all these precautions. We took tests that were negative. Mm -hmm. We were we were really sure to between when we got tested and when we left that we weren't around any indoor situations. When we're here, we like go to bed at we don't go like restaurants and bars are open, but we're not like going out because that seems crazy to me. Mm. Um but Doug Ducey, um, part of the reason that Arizona is number one right now in new cases of COVID-19 is uh, because Republican Governor Doug Ducey list, lifted the state stay-at-home order on May 15th, um, not only allowing businesses to reopen, but basically compelling every city and county to allow business to re businesses to reopen to the same standards as the rest of the state. So um, like the Democratic governor of Phoenix, for example, can't put more restrictions mm -hmm on, um, bars and restaurants, um, in Scottsdale right now, I was reading a news story about how, um, people are just crowding into bars, which is just about the worst thing you can possibly do to spread or uh, in a time of pandemic that spreads from like close talking in indoor spaces. Um, where I am, there are, um, I'm for, in a little bit of a, a liberal corner of the state and they can't compel anybody to, do anything. So, um, you know, when we went to the grocery store, there was a guy handing out masks at the entrance and there were these signs that were like, pretty, pretty, please wear a mask, yeah. please, please, please. But they can't make anybody do anything. Um, Alyssa, what else are you hearing about Ugh. COVID's return? Ugh. Well, a couple things. One, even though this is, I mean, there are so many things that are enough to make you want to pull out your ever 
whitening hair. Um, but the thing is like Arizona is just full of COVID deniers, right? They're like, oh, it's not happening. It is, it is fucking happening. COVID is happening. And here in New York, you know, right now, I think most of the state as of today is entering into phase three, which means 50%. You can, you can be indoor at restaurants. It can be up to 50%, all that kind of stuff. And people are going hog wild and Governor Cuomo, who people may have their political issues with, I completely understand, but he got on TV and was like, basically, you cannot have nice things. And if you cannot have nice things, he heard about all these parties in the Hamptons. No one's wearing masks. Everyone's going out. He's like, I will shut you down. I will shut you down. I will send you back to phase one if you cannot prove that you can have nice things. And honestly, all for it, all for it, because up here we have been Everyone in this state, they've been wearing their masks. What kind of fucking hardship can you claim from having to wear a mask? It is the stupidest thing I have ever heard. Do I love it? No. Does it fog up my glasses? Despite all of our listeners' best efforts to help me, it still fogs <laughs> up my glasses because I think I'm a mouth breather. I don't know. It's, it's not great. But like everyone else, you know, it's like we go to the it's like it's like some sort of defiance, you know, like, fuck you, fuck you and your rules. I'm not going to wear your mask. And there are these like young beasts at the Walmart who are walking around without their mask on, aerosolizing whatever they have in their mouth because they're talking on the phone in the middle of the store. And there are like old people there who are just trying to fucking get their groceries and shit. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's uncool, Aaron. It's very uncool and actually deadly. It's deadly, actually. Yeah. I mean, other states that are experiencing spikes right now. um, I mean, New York, even though, you know, Andrew Cuomo is like wagging his finger, New York has done a pretty good job of bringing it down. Um, We haven't seen a spike yet from any protests. We actually haven't seen a spike in uh, infections from any protests anywhere yet. Um, Although there were a few police officers in one city who said that they became infected after the protests. Like Philadelphia started conducting tests. Boston started conducting tests so far. There's no definitive spike, which is great. Um, But other places that are allowing people to crowd into indoor spaces like like Arizona, like I mentioned, Texas and Florida Mm -hmm. are um, having not a great time either. And, uh, you know, in both of those states, both of which are governed by Republicans, the governors have been doing their best to blame everybody but themselves. Governor Greg Abbott in Texas blamed 20-somethings for spreading the virus after he insisted that the businesses that 20-somethings wanted to go to to hang out in, like that he insisted on keeping open, like Instead of blaming himself, he blamed the people well, for going to the places that he owned. I mean, looks what in Alabama, as of last night, um, hospitals are at 85% capacity uh, in the ICUs because of COVID. Doctors are begging the local uh, elected officials to reinstate mandatory mask wearing. It was, it was uh, struck down on party lines. Republicans were like, no one needs to wear a mask. So good luck in Alabama young boozer. Um, and, (laughs) and in Florida also reported just, uh, last night or this morning, the now average age of people affected, uh, with COVID infected with COVID, uh, 37 years old, a month ago, the median age was 65. Now it's 37. Yeah. Um, yeah, Florida is not doing great. And, uh, are we getting any guidance from the white house? At all? You mean Mike Pence who denies? So let's see. Mike Pence denies there is a second wave. Anthony Fauci says, I wouldn't go to that rally in Oklahoma. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, Trump, like like every event now that you see at the White House, no one's wearing masks. No one's modeling good behavior. Like they say they're going to hand out masks at this fucking rally in Oklahoma. But like, you know, no one's going to put them on because our own president will scream you're a pussy from the podium. So it's all just, you know, fucking it's all bullshit. They're bullshit. Yeah. I mean, Trump is going to still proceed with a 20,000 person rally in Tulsa, which will be, as I understand, the biggest indoor event in the Western hemisphere since COVID biggest sanct- since COVID yep. started, um, which is super dangerous. People in Tulsa tried to sue to block this from mm-hmm. happening. And a judge was like, nope, sorry, it's still going to happen. TikTok users have been trying to register for the event in, in an attempt to block like, it, you know, make it yeah, yeah. In, in an attempt to block it. But the thing is like Trump campaign isn't putting a cap on how many people they're saying can go to this rally. Yeah. So regardless of how many K-pop stands, God bless them, by the way, flood Donald Trump's website by trying to register for a, a rally that they're not going to attend they're still going to fill that stadium. Up. Well, and can I tell you what the what the part as someone who was directly responsible for events like this uh, for like 15 years of her life is that the venue holds 19,000 people, right? So if you are doing online ticketing for something like this, you probably cap RSVPs around 25,000. You allow for like, you know, a 30% flake break. These guys have, I mean, we have to account for all of their lying. Like their lying is so extreme always. But as, but Brad Pascal said like five days ago that they were already at 800,000 RSVPs. So let's say that he is blowing that up by a factor of 10. Maybe they have 80,000 RSVPs, which you could see. It's like not many people do rallies in the middle of Oklahoma. Maybe all the Trumpers from a thousand miles are driving. So think about what that means. Not only are they not socially distancing inside the venue, it holds 19,000. They're saying it's going to be 19,000. But think of the chaos and like, like Petri dish of what's going to happen outside. Even if 10,000 people beyond the maximum capacity show up, you're going to have 10,000 people outside the venue in chaos, no socially distancing. And then they're going to disperse to go back to wherever the fuck they're from, because they're not filling this place with just people from Tulsa. So like, you know, way to go president of the free world. Yeah. Um, I almost think like, I mean, it's not that I socialize with anybody who's a Trump voter anyway. I just don't, unless I'm going home to Wisconsin and hanging out with people that I went to high school with and kind of lost touch with. And if I had stayed in touch with, I probably would have fallen out of touch with because I would have been like, your politics are intolerable. But it, what really is upsetting. So here in Arizona right now, I've noticed a real striation between who wears masks and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in a town where there are people who you know, I, when driving through town, the people that are wearing masks are the service workers and the people who are not wearing masks are the people who are just kind of out and about and enjoying their lives um, or thinking they're enjoying their lives. And those people are going to go back to wherever they're from. And it's not a Trump rally, but, you know, they're still going to go out and seed whatever they pick up here if they mm-hmm. pick anything up here. And we still don't have a national testing plan that is functional. Uh, Mike Pandemic Pence is still uh, protect. Is still pretend. I mean, it, it's it, it's an alliteration. We got to <laughs> use true. it. Um, Pandemic Pence is still acting as though it's over because we want it to be over. Um, 
but it's not a game of Dungeons and Dragons. Like it's a, it's a real, it's a pandemic. You can't just, you can't just like wish your way away. Um, so I think in a couple of weeks, it's going to be even worse. And in three weeks, I guess we're going to find out just how bad the rally was. Well, um, for people. two things, one pandemic pence is the penultimate garbage pail kid. Like if someone doesn't do that just as a collector's edition, I'm going to be so pissed. Um, we have some artistic people who listen. I'm sure I somebody really, could draw. Someone like a- give me, someone give me pandemic pens. But then to just cap this off with my always rant, which is that the more it spreads, everyone says the best way that America, the world can get back on track is with a vaccine. So the more that people do this bullshit, irresponsible behavior by not wearing masks, by doing this rally bullshit, by spreading the virus, it is so likely that this is going to mutate. And then the viruses that people are spending hundreds of millions of dollars on right now to try to get ready for late fall will be utterly fucking useless. So thanks, pandemic pence. Mm. Yeah, that actually segues well into a story. Um, Also in Washington, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has mandated that mask wearing happen in all committee hearings and Republicans are irate about it. So um, if you don't have a mask on, Republicans haven't been wearing a mask in the Capitol. And if you don't have a mask Mm -hmm. on now and you're trying, you're a member of the house and you're trying to get into your, do anything, you're, you're not going to be allowed in. Um, The, the uh, Sergeant at arms is instructed to, uh, instruct non-compliant members to wear masks or be denied entry. So I want to just share with you a a particularly whiny response from a Republican rep from Louisiana named Clay Higgins, which, <laughs> yeah. About right. Uh, about right. He told CNN last month, quote, it's part of the dehumanization of the children of God. You're participating in it by wearing a mask. He is so upset by the idea of having to wear a mask that he he feels it is dehumanization. Um, and uh, Representative Ted Yoho of Florida said that there's, quote, no need to wear a mask. Uh, and he also said because he, quote, believes in herd immunity. Ted Yoho's job before he was a member of Congress, by the way, large animal veterinarian. That's a true story. <laughs> of course, he believes in herd immunity. He cares. He cares about how healthy they I mean, what the fuck? I knew you would like that fact. I hope Temple, I hope Temple Grandin haunts his dreams. <laughs> um, that segues into my quick uh, way I wanted to end this week. Uh, it's not been a good week in manliness. The week no, in manliness, no. it's been a bad, bad week. Um, just going to read some headlines in this week in manliness. The man, okay. manliness, manliness times. Okay. Ted Cruz, a United States senator, challenged... Ron Perlman, an actor known for several roles, including Hellboy, who seems like a very nice man, uh, challenged Ron Perlman to wrestle with <laughs> Representative Jim Jordan. Ted Cruz ch- challenged an actor to rep- to wrestle with a different guy after yeah. Ron Perlman insulted Matt Gates, who is certifiably the dumbest bitch in the game. Dumbest um, bitch in the game. A hundred percent. Ron Perlman, it was sort of a like, stop, stop. He's already dead kind of a moment in, in this verbal exchange. Ron Perlman uh, pointed out that uh, 
Ron Perlman pointed out that Donald Trump had insulted Ted Cruz's wife and Ted Cruz was basically now a bootlicker. And then Ron Perlman offered to donate $50,000 to Black Lives Matter if Ted Cruz would wrestle him directly instead of through an intermediary of Jim Jordan. Do you want to know why I thought this whole story was so funny? Why? (laughs) Because... I saw it and I was like, $50,000. He's the CEO of Revlon. Can't he do better? I thought it was the other Ron Perlman. I was like, do better. The CEO of Revlon should be donating. (laughs) Um, So that happens. Yeah. Among the men of our country. Um, Then, you know, here's a story that, that I think a lot of people have kind of, ugh. Donald Trump had trouble going down a ramp and drinking a glass of water with one hand uh, during an appearance at West Point. And uh, people pointed that out, that it seemed like he was having trouble going down the ramp. Now, it's not funny that a person who is older might have some mobility issues. That's not funny. It is kind of tragic funny that the president who believes himself to be this picture of strength and masculinity and that he, that people who are weaker than him should be crushed is actually one of the people that belongs in a category of people that maybe have mobility issues. So Trump defended himself and his ramp trip by saying the ramp, he tweeted this to how many millions and millions of people uh, the ramp that I descended 82 after 82 million, 82 million people, plus everybody that saw mm-hmm. people talk about it. The ramp that I descended after my West Point commencement speech was very long and steep, had no handrail, and most importantly, was very slippery. The last thing I was going to do is, quote, fall for the fake news to have fun with. Final 10 feet, I ran to level ground. Momentum. So. I would just like to say, as someone who has, uh, for several years of her life, suffered from vertigo, which was scary. I really couldn't. It was really hard for me to, like, go down steps. And I got stuck once at the Kremlin, top of the steps, no handrails because nothing's ADA over there. And I was paralyzed and I couldn't go Mm -hmm. down. And Ben Rhodes looked up and I was like, Ben, I need your help. And so he came up and he held my hand the whole way down. Same thing happened the Great Wall of China because that thing is all steps, too. Why can't he just say the truth? Like we saw what we saw. That shit was not in an incline. That was like basically level Mm -hmm. or like it was just it was just like stop lying. Who cares if he just said like, I don't know, my shoes were slippery. I don't know. But like the whole propaganda, the whole thing was just such bullshit. He's so lame. He's so lame. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I, yeah, I, I, I've gotten, I don't have vertigo, but I've spent a lot of time on mountains and, uh, there was, there was one time that I was like on a, uh, on a truck and I got paralyzed with being afraid of falling. Cause like this, I just had to like cross this like little ridge and I just couldn't do it. I had to have somebody help me. That's fine. Just say you're scared. Say you need help. I mean, ugh, it's not like we don't think he needs help. (laughs) He's not going to, it's not going to be revelation or anything. Yeah. I just wish he would tell the truth. And then also, and finally to cap off this week in manliness, a couple of New York city police officers claimed they were poisoned by employees of a shake shack when they drank milkshakes and experienced intestinal distress afterwards. Well, they went to a hospital and uh, they were diagnosed with having drank milkshakes. That's it. It's called lactose intolerance. 
No one fucking put poison. You know what it made me think of? This very like wind up of a Law and Order episode where this woman was put poisoning her husband with gold flakes in his food. I was like, what do they think they are? Like some the 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 target of some big ruse? It's like no, you drank too much ice cream. Like you had to go to the bathroom. I'm sure. Like Jesus Christ. I mean, also like okay ostensibly police officers would be called to respond to cases of people actually being poisoned, real poisonings. Correct. So having a total lack of understanding of how a savvy poisoning might occur is a little bit of a red flag. Like bleach smells pretty strong. So either they think bleach doesn't have a smell or they tasted the bleach and they just kept drinking. Either way. Isn't the tasteless one antifreeze? Isn't that how you kill someone? Yes. And I mean, look, I've watched enough cop (laughs) shows. But it's blue. It's blue. Yes. And they color it blue so that people don't drink it. It's blue. And also uh, like ground up glass, like read an Agatha Christie book. There's tons of ways to like slowly poison somebody and it doesn't involve a very smelly industrial chemical. But didn't also the Shake Shack like actually get investigated and they were like, yeah, there's nothing here. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yikes. Uh, Yeah, so that was the the week in manliness. Not doing great. The the men are. It's been a real banner week. (laughs) Are the men okay? (laughs) Will they be all right? Will they be okay? Actually, Alyssa, you just sent something this morning that was about a man who was very okay. Oh, let's talk about a guy who does not get the fuck this guy this week. Okay. Opposite, Reed, whatever the opposite of that. The opposite of fuck this guy is Reed Hastings. He and his wife donated $120 million to Spelman Morehouse and the United Negro College Fund. They, he was already, this was not in reaction to what was happening right now. He'd been working with the head of the United Negro College Fund for several months already. He'd known him for 15 years. They were going to do 60 million. They doubled it to 120. And when each of the schools was like, what do you want named after you? They were like, thanks, but no thanks. Name it, name the scholarships after alumni who have done wonderful things for this school. And in total, it will send 600 kids to college, uh, tuition and expense free. Wow. Over and the this, next 10 years. And this is the CEO of Netflix. Netflix. Which CEO of Netflix. That's awesome. What a great way to It's speak. awesome. It yeah. was like the opposite of performative. You know, he was just like, I'm doing it. It's the right fucking thing. Because he realized it was actually uh he went to Bowdoin College in Maine. He had been donating to Bowdoin for uh Bowdoin for years, and he realized that white capital goes to white institutions and that if he really wanted to make a difference in the world, he would change that. And so he did. And he didn't want any credit. And the only reason he came out about it is because the schools thought that other people would follow suit if they knew someone had been so generous, but he was not looking for credit. That is awesome. That is so, so cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm really It is cool. That. So good, good for that white man. There's one, one is okay. That one's doing a good job. That's it. That's it. That's the the rest of the episode, the rest of the month. (laughs) The other ones are having a rough time. Okay. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with our panel to talk a little bit about how we handle good news in a time when everything seems pretty bad. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. 
And we're back. Now I am joined, in addition to Alyssa, who you heard last segment, I'm joined by our pal and yours, Tian Tran. Hello. Hello. I I am everyone's pal. (laughs) Tian Tran, you look like Elizabeth Holmes today. I know. I didn't even realize it. You know, black turtlenecks are really hot in the summer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It reminds me of a simpler time when we were all mad about Elizabeth Holmes at the same time. And your Instagram feed was just all you doing impressions of Elizabeth Holmes. I just was so obsessed with her. I miss her. My, my partner and I has, have actually been going to bed listening to Bad Blood. So it's still a big part of Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's, yes. a, that's an interesting bedtime. I mean, I who am I to judge, though? Last night we fell asleep watching the new Spike Lee movie. We fell asleep watching the new... And it's not because it's a boring movie. It's because we are deeply boring people. (laughs) I mean, you guys, one of the darker days here during pandemic was when Amazon Prime moved the movie Too Big to Fail from with subscription to me having to buy it because I listened to it every night because even though it was a terrible time, the government was still more qualified to deal with the crisis. And I found that comforting. Oh my God. (laughs) I'd be like, that's right. You guys, I bought Hank Paulson's biography after reading it. I'm like, things, you know what? There are competent Republicans out there. We just need to find them. (laughs) No more. Let's just move on to November. I think Mitt Mitt Romney could shave his head and hit the gym and he has a chance of being the next Hank Paulson, I think, if he worked at it. He's like hotter for sure. (laughs) I know. Yes. I I, I don't disagree, but he's also still trash. (laughs) I mean, yes, but hotter. (laughs) Trash can be hot. Yes. There's like (laughs) bad trash. That's like stinky trash. And then there's just like waste bin trash, Mm -hmm. like crumpled up newspaper. I was going to say he's like, he's like the kind of trash I would take to a consignment shop. Like I'd get rid of him, but I'd get some money back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I hope he's okay. I don't, you know what? I like him. I'm oddly charmed. And and you know, I know people disagree with me here, but I'm like oddly charmed by Mitt Romney. Me too. I I think that he's got like, he's really had a a journey at at an age when a lot of people stop their journeys and end up like shrinking and becoming harder and, and like less cool. And he like, is at an age where he has no business becoming more cool. And he kind of is like a little his bit. His jeans have gotten better. He like understands <laughs> the simple white button down. But also after uh, he ran for president, and of course I was glad he lost, they had done a whole Netflix documentary. I think it was Netflix. And yes. it didn't come out for a long time. And I was like, thank God this didn't come out because I find him charming. Like, <laughs> like his, When he's his, ironing his pers- the... Yes, his like personality was shining through. And I was uh, like, you seem like the, nice I, people. But, I think the bar, the bar is so low for him to be like... A oh, char- definitely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's yeah. still the same person that went to, to dinner with Donald Trump, hoping yeah. to be secretary of state and then got punked because who didn't yeah. see that coming? I mean, there's going to be a lot of prodigal sons and daughters during this time Mm -hmm. that it's like the dam has broken and now it's no longer controversial in any way to be a supporter of Black Lives Matter. It's no longer controversial to be somebody who is paying attention to the killing of unarmed Black people by police. It's no longer controversial. It's mainstream. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about people like, you know, Mitt Romney and, and a lot of people 
joining the chorus, but it's sort of like they weren't the ones that did all the work to get us here. Mm -hmm. So it's like, right. um, There's, you know, but the thing is like now that it is, it feels like in the last couple of weeks, it's broken into the mainstream. Like I feel like we've gone from a time of just relentless bad news to a time where we're having like little, little green shoots of good news coming through. So, you know, we had, uh, you know, the protests actually seemed to have changed some minds. The president, even though you know that in his, you know, Big Mac heart, <laughs> doesn't really support police repo- reform, was forced to basically take the politically popular, make a, make a move around it to pretend that he was going to move toward police reform because so many people are calling for it. He actually had to sign an executive order that does nothing, but he had to pretend to do something. Um, also, you know, a lot of companies and brands are making changes that feel like more than window dressing to start. Um, there is a, uh, a deeply irritating, um, like I guess food brand called Thug Kitchen. It was just two white people who wrote vegan recipes using swears. Oh. Um, they announced, I know, I know they've been deeply irritating since it the beginning, um, but they announced this past week that they're going to change the name. They're removing Thug from Thug Kitchen because they just now learned that that has been used as a, as a weapon against people of color. But they're, t- you know, I'll take that W with an asterisk like wh- why what what happened like how did you not know up until yeah. now okay so thug kitchen changed their name did, did did they did they tell did they share what they changed their name to no they haven't they they just put a statement out that was like thug kitchen is changing we're going to regroup and figure out what we're changing our name to but once we change it all of the new prints of our cookbooks are going to be changed every like the name will not exist okay as like Good. a company anymore. That's kind of a win unless they're like, we're going to be called formerly known as Thug Kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> FKA. Oh, FKA. Yeah, or, FKA. Or like NWA, but it stands for something else. Oh, like, guys, you don't get to, you don't get to co-opt. <laughs> no more co-opting, please. Uh, um, they also, also on Wednesday, um, Pepsi company, which owns this brand announced that they are going to be ditching Aunt Jemima entirely. Um, this after, uh, three years ago in 2017, an activist tried to get the company to ditch the Aunt Jemima logo, which features a black woman that has had a makeover, but kind of initially was like dressed like a, a black woman stereotype, um, Three years ago, somebody tried to get them to change, to drop Aunt Jemima, and they wouldn't do it. And now they are. So Aunt Jemima's done. Do you want to know what I found out? Of course, I saw this story and I was like, let me learn more because that's who I am. It turns out the name is like even more fucked up. I'm like, of course, it's fucked up. It's fucking racist. But... Aunt Jemima, the guy who like made the pancakes, basically this guy who was like a landowner would have people over and she would make them pancakes. And the reason that Aunt Jemima, like the box became a thing is so that you could take the pancakes home with you and like have your own quote unquote mammy. It was like the most offensive, like it's even more offensive than I thought it was. Like it was bad, but it's like fucking terrible. So anyway, I was glad I learned that from a uh, interesting woman on Instagram who did a dramatic reenactment of destroying a box of Aunt Jemima and told the story. And I was like, that 
is terrible. So anyway, I don't have it in my house because I make my pancakes from scratch, but fuck that shit. Yeah, that's... Uh, and also, like, okay, look, nobody should be drinking fake syrup. Nobody should be putting fake syrup on things. Grade no. A amber. <laughs> Dark amber. Dark amber, actually. Amber just, is for the weak. Were you saying that, like, Aunt, like, there were customers that wrote in that were like, please don't change the Aunt Jemima logo like I can't <laughs> yes I can't imagine, imagine being, caring I don't write letters for anything so if you're so upset that you would like sit and write a letter about a logo being removed but nothing else being changed I can't I can't be how, how are you how are you that person how could you yeah, ever be that person I mean, are there any beloved corporate mascots like if like Count Chocula was killed in a commercial with a <laughs> by a steak of like, I don't know, like a, a, a steak of like chocolate going through his heart and he died. I wouldn't be mad. I mean, I that is, a, that's a deeply disturbing image. Look at the murder of Mr. Peanut. We all survived. Oh, it's true. Yeah. We, we all lived. We all lived. Um, so, you know, it feels like the protests are working. There was this huge, um, this huge black trans lives matter, rally in Brooklyn, um, this past weekend that was attended by 15,000 people I was reading. And it finally feels like as protests are, uh, proving to be effective that now people are finally able to get out there and like commemorate pride month, even though these times are a little bit, it's a little bit of an amended celebration. Um, Tian, how does it feel to be a member of the LGBT community right now? You know, pr pride for me every year is when I, I remember when I first came out, it was such a big deal and I had such a great time going to the parade and celebrating it. And then as I got older and started to learn more about the history of pride, it seemed like we have gotten so far away from what it actually is, which it started out as a protest. It started out as an uprising at Stonewall, which was led by Marsha P. Johnson, who is an activist and a black trans woman. And I, I think in doing, in celebrating pride and in celebrating, you know, when gay marriage was passed, it's all these things that we forget that they're like the most vulnerable parts of our community are still being discriminated against and essentially being ignored and left out of the conversation as we continue to talk about LGBTQIA rights. And so it is, I mean, I think it's like hopeful that the conversation is now being centered around black trans folks, but we should have been doing that the whole time. And I'm glad that we are now. And I hope I saw some articles that were like black trans women are having a moment. And I was like, this is not a moment. <gasps> that March is not a moment. It's like, we should have been allies from the, from the jump. And I think something that I learned just in my own exploration of like growing up as a queer person is that, we are lumped into this like community of like LGBTQIA, but the experiences of folks across the spectrum is so different and it gets buried that like black and brown trans folks are still being discriminated against. And we have to like keep pushing that to the forefront because once we address those issues, that's when, you know, I think we all hear it. Like once those issues become addressed, it's like liberation for all. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, like last week we had a uh, professor Kimberly Crenshaw on the show and she talked a lot of, I mean, the, the person who coined oh the, God, phrase, yes, the term intersectionality, I know, she was amazing. Um, I was so nervous to talk to her, but she was 
incredible. But Tian, you bring up an important point that until everybody, until the inequality that everybody faces is addressed, it's, it's, we're not, none of us are equal until all of us are equal. And, um, I feel like this moment has really brought into relief the fact that, um, black trans lives are lives that are most often discounted and not included in the conversation. And it just feels very hopeful that right now they are part of the conversation and I hope they remain part of the conversation. Um, I want to talk a little bit about speaking of, um, LGBTQIA discrimination. So this week, the Supreme Court surprised a lot of people Mm -hmm. by basically saying that um, the Civil Rights Act, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, protects LGBTQIA Americans. So that protects gay, lesbian, trans, protects them from workplace discrimination because discriminating against them There's no way to separate that discrimination with sex discrimination. Tan, what was your reaction when you heard that ruling come down? I mean, I think this is the perfect example of like how these victories in the community can then also overshadow what is still needing to be fought for. So it's, I was excited, but then I was reading some folks who were, you know, I, I follow several black queer feminists and they're like, this is great. But at the same time that day, they also refuse to hear cases on qualified immunity, which is, you know, allows fo- allows cops to essentially get away with terrible things and murder. Um, and so it was, it, it's eye opening to be like, okay, yes, this is a great, huge step, but again, still the root causes of some of the issues that we're facing are not being addressed. And like, I think having that into law is great, but you know, it also, some folks aren't getting jobs. Like black trans Mm -hmm. women have the highest rates of unemployment and like workplace discrimination. And so until that is addressed, like this victory feels like a little step, but not the full step. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, what did you think? I mean, I guess it's kind of like our expectations are so low of what's sort of possible right now that you're like, oh, I mean, like I heard it and I was like, oh, this is good because I expected such a bad outcome. Right. And the fact that, Mm. you know, like Neil Gorsuch was the person who wrote the opinion. I mean, Brett Kavanaugh sure lived up to all of our expectations of him on this one. Um, (laughs) Susan Collins, did he disappoint you? Um, she is, she has retired to her frowning chamber. She's like, he said, he told me something different. Um, but no, I think it's like, you know, everything's been such fucking garbage on the one hand. It's, it's, uh, great. It made me feel like, I guess the case law aside, even, I guess I was like, oh, well, I guess maybe Neil Gorsuch can independently think. Right. I was like, I guess that's a good sign. Mm -hmm. Um, On the one hand, it was terrible that this even needed to be brought, you know, and so I guess it would have been I guess I felt almost like it would have been so catastrophic if it went the other way. But this is just kind of like what should have happened, you know, and so it wasn't Mm -hmm. it wasn't. And I am just a straight white lady, you know, and that was just my personal opinion of like watching it and being like, yeah, I guess, you know, you'd feel like it's like every time they don't totally take away our reproductive rights, like to choose, you're like, fuck, we won. And then you're like, my God, why are we celebrating? And that's kind of, I feel like it was in that basket (laughs) of, I think it was in that basket of, we know how bad the outcome could have been and it wasn't that. So 
That's good. Yeah. Is it, is it, celeb- is it, you know, to celebrate? I mean, should we make people think that doing the least amount possible is celebratory, but you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was interesting because one, on one hand it was like, it was six, three. It wasn't like five, four with Gorsuch deciding it was six, three. And Roberts has really gone a little rogue from what people thought he would be. Um, Kavanaugh is just, he's what we expected. He's a, he's He's exactly what we expected. He's a piece of work in his, uh, his descent. He like, he wrote like, he's like, no, this isn't, you guys don't deserve rights. This but isn't the, what they meant. <laughs> yeah, but then at the end, but then at the end, which is funny because conservatives on the court are always like, it doesn't really matter what they meant. It's what they said. It's what they said. And that's why, that's what Gorsuch wrote in his opinion was like, well, I, I'm one of those people that's like, I say it doesn't matter what they meant is what they said. And here's what they said. You can't discriminate on the basis of sex. It is impossible to sell, to separate sex from sexual preference or from gender identity. That is what they said. And I can't separate these two things. Ergo, this protects people Mm -hmm. in the LGBTQIA community. Uh, Kavanaugh said all this junk. And at the end he was like, but congratulations guys, which is like crazy. (laughs) It's like, I mean, dude, this isn't a youth softball game. (laughs) We're not shaking hands at the end of the game. Like good game. Good game. You you were trying to fucking take. (laughs) You believed in human rights. Good game. Who knows what Squee's personal journey has been. Maybe Squee has a story to tell that we don't know. Maybe it was special to Kavanaugh. Look, nobody should buy John Bolton's book, but perhaps I would consider buying Squee's book if Squee ever wrote a book. What about Mary Trump's book? Oh yeah. I haven't even dove into, I saw that yesterday and I was like, I'm full. I can't take in any more information. (laughs) Save it for a cocktail later tonight. It is worth enjoying. (laughs) I do love reading Gorsuch's like his, the language that he used is like, it sounds like a person for the first time learning about gay people. (laughs) It does. It's like an unfrozen caveman. Yeah. He's like, if a woman is attracted to a man, a man who is also attracted to a man cannot be fine. It's like, he's like, okay, here we go. I can do this. I can say the right things. (laughs) Step by step. (laughs) Oh man. Um, so, you know, Again, like I was saying, green shoots, because there's still like all kinds of horrible stuff around us. There are still some cases yet to come down Mm. through the Supreme Court this term. They're about to rule on DACA. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to go great. No, I'm very worried. They're about to rule on a, a Louisiana law that basically was designed to close abortion clinics that the court had already ruled on when the makeup of the court was different, but now they're basically taking up the exact same type of law, but just in a different state. A lot of people are worried that that might not go well. Didn't that same day, they also approved like pipeline construction Mm -hmm. underneath the Appalachian trail. It's like, guys. (laughs) Yeah. you, You can only hide so much underneath Neil Gorsuch's tiny little rainbow flag. You know, there's, there's, there's still like a bad, bad stuff going on. Um, I feel like, I don't know, Alyssa, I don't know if you feel like this, but a lot of this would be alleviated if Congress could just like successfully make laws. I mean, coulda, woulda, shoulda, you know, like it's, it's, we can't even get them to wear masks. Why would they do, why would they make laws? Yeah. I mean, it's true. I mean, there's like nothing else to say about it. Like that's, it's, it seems like there are some things historically 
they're escaping me at the moment, that have like transcended partisanship, right? Hurricane relief for the most part, things that are just necessary. And I mean, this is just, it's too much. They can't even agree to wear masks. That is too much. How can we expect anything more from them? Well, we just need some new congressmen, I guess. We just got to get excited. November's coming. November's coming. We need some new congressmen. We need some new senators. I would love for Mitch McConnell not to be in charge of the Senate Ooh, anymore. Me too. That would be. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Wow. Unanimously. <laughs> yeah. Um, that what if we Mitch split a- on that vote? <laughs> I was like, no, no. Actually, you guys Actually- love you guys love Mitt Romney. <laughs> I think Mitch McConnell has been getting hotter in his old age. <laughs> this would have been the ultimate Supreme Court dissent. <laughs> Tian has issued a scathing 47-page dissent. You guys don't like him, but guy. he's hot. <laughs> he's, Mitch is so misunderstood. He's so misunderstood. Oh, my God. I could change him. I could change him. Um, <laughs> uh, that's how I feel about Oscar the Grouch. Ever since I was, he was my favorite Muppet when I was a kid, because I was like, if he met me, I think he'd get this oh body. He'd smile. He I could fix him. Know me. I could fix him. My friend. Him. He needs a good woman to in this his day, life. Honestly, Oscar the Grouch really was formative in, my, in forming my, like, who I'm attracted to. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's continue in this conversation. Um, so there's good news that's actually good news, which is the barring of discrimination against LGBTQIA people. Good news. Mm-hmm. Uh, good news. And then there's good news that isn't really good news as much as it is people trying to will good news into existence in a way that endangers the health of millions. And that is the way that everybody is acting about COVID-19. Tian, how are people acting where you are? You're in Champaign, I'm in Champaign. The Champaign of Illinois. The Champaign of Illinois. (laughs) Uh, That joke never gets old. (laughs) The other joke that I I guess the kids call, since it's Champaign-Urbana, they like the college students call it the lesser twin cities. And just like own that, um, but Champagne Urbana, the folks are acting like the the pandemic is over. That coronavirus is gone. We live in a a mixed use building, so the first floor has like a cute little thrift shop and a and a Mexican restaurant, and everybody is walking in without masks. Mm. And. And my partner and I are like playing Frogger to get out of our, our, our apartment because all the entrances are being used by everyone. And we walked out once and we were wearing our masks and a little kid was like, mommy, why are they wearing masks? And I'm like, no, he doesn't know we're in a pandemic and he hasn't known this whole time. So they're really not prepared here in Champaign. Uh, no. Uh, Alyssa, how about in upstate New York? Upstate New York, it's a pretty like 20, like 25, 75 split. About 75% of people are like, fuck, we got to wear our masks. People have their masks. They're still wearing gloves. Like it's nice to see. But then you have the vile 25% of COVID deniers that can ruin it for everybody. Um, Which by the way, Governor Cuomo will not have. Um, Because not only is it just people here going to the Walmart, um, who are like around like 
endangered populations, like older people who are just trying to fucking get their light bulbs and shit. And these kids are just like screaming on their cell phones. They're like 25 and they think they're such fucking rebels. <laughs> like, that's the thing. It's so willful. Yeah. Like, it's so on purpose because they're laughing. Like, they want people to see them. They're like, <laughs> and some of them even have like handkerchiefs around their necks that they just refuse to pull up. Um, but everyone, it seems, started going back to the Hamptons two weeks ago. And in the Hamptons, they were having posh parties that were not socially distanced. And people were just going around with no masks. And Governor Cuomo was like, you cannot have nice things. And so he has basically said that um, he's going to shut it down if they don't stop. Oh, like If they keep seeing reports like this, he'll send, because, you know, New York is, is three phases, one, two, and three. And I think the Hamptons and most of New York, not New York City, are into least uh, two or three. He's like, I'll send you back to phase one. I'll shut the restaurants down. I, don't <laughs> I mean, I've seen pictures from New York where like outdoor restaurants, people are just sitting next to each other. But outdoors is a little yeah. different than indoor spaces, I think. Like, totally. I, like Alyssa and I were talking but about they're this. Still, they're still close. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, mean, like, it's like... Alyssa and I were talking about this in the last segment about how like they haven't really seen an uptick in COVID since the protests. And you would think because a lot of people weren't wearing masks and they were in close proximity to each other that there would have been. But it seems like they're being outside and they're being there was like enough social distancing and mask wearing that it didn't really translate to an uptick. But um, I was reading this morning about... um, so Los Angeles is reopening also. Uh, and some people say that that's a good idea. Some people say it's a bad idea. I don't know. Um, there was an underground dance party that happened in a warehouse. No. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was um, a, a performance by a dark techno DJ. Um, the DJ insisted that he felt safe because people were far from the stage and they only had the place at like half capacity. But there was a quote in the, the Los Angeles times story about this, that really, I mean, okay. On one hand, this person is an asshole, but on the other hand, this is a very funny quote. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not worried. This is what the, uh, an attendee at this dark techno DJ set in a, South I didn't LA. even know that there were like dark and light technos. <laughs> yeah, I guess I light techno know. is basically K-pop and dark okay. techno <laughs> is like the stuff that they played at the club in the Matrix, you know, like when. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, OK, so one of the people at the party said, I'm not worried. I've been suicidal since I was a teen. A young woman told a reporter in a macabre deadpan tone. I guess I'm just n- not going to hang out with my grandma for a while. That's, oh my God. What a That's th- poetic. What a thing. That's magical. To say. It sounds like a, what a dumb person. It sounds like something Ugh. that like a person that Daria hated would say. <laughs> That's <funny>. so dark. <laughs> I guess I'm oh just not going to hang out with my grandma for a while. Also the thought of like, Someone being like, okay, things are reopened. And the first choice is let's go underground where there's no wet ventilation or windows. Like let's go in the most enclosed space we can think of mm-hmm. and dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think nail salons are opening in Los Angeles on the 19th. And I don't understand why people need that. It is pedicure season, but like, look, if none of us have pedicures, it's Okay. We, if listen, one pedicure ruins it for everybody. If we all just don't get pedicures, 
It's fine. Let me tell you, I found something at the Agway. It's called working feet. Okay. You don't need a pedicure. If you find this stuff, you take it, you go like this, you rub your hands together. Don't use too much because your feet will get sticky. And before you go to bed, you rub it in good into your feet. And guess what? I will post a picture on Instagram because my feet were like a different shoe size. My calluses were so bad. And now after using O'Keefe's working feet, they're totally passable. And that's all I need. Okay. I'm going to do this. I'm telling you, it is a game changer. If you have can, you ever tried the foot peels? Those are gross to me. I can't have my skin falling off around the house. It's too much. Okay. That seems like fun. That's a, that would be my ideal grown up version of like spreading glue all over my fingers and yes, then peeling I agree. it as a little I kid. I want to, okay, I'm going to do that with my feet. Not well, you the should glue, do that. the peel. Do that. Put the O'Keefe's on, get okay. rid of what you can, and then do the peel. You'll have like high fashion feet. I feel like we're going to have a spike of first time listeners who are just interested in the foot content. This week. <laughs> oh. We've never talked you this much what? about feet on this show. If it keeps them, if it keeps them out of a, a, a bad idea of a nail salon, then so be it. Yeah. They can come back every week. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have like uh, some pretty gross foot stories because I used to do long distance running and I hike a lot. So I'm not even going to go into it because what has <gasps> happened to my feet is like really terrible. It shouldn't happen to anybody's feet anywhere. And I've done it to my feet over and over and over again. And it, you know, one day they'll have their revenge on me. One day I'll wake up and they'll just <laughs> left. Who are my feet? You'll be like you'll be like Sarah Jessica Parker, who wore so many high heels as Carrie Bradshaw that now she can only wear like Birkenstocks and sneakers. Wow. Oh, really? Maybe she just got tired of it. Oh my god. I mean, maybe, but I think she really had fucked up feet. Yeah, and she also was a dancer when she was young, which doesn't really help. No, I'm a font of full on garbage today. <laughs> Um, I'll keep it coming. I wanted to talk a little bit, a <laughs> little bit more back to like the magical thinking of being able to pretend that this is all like COVID is over when we say it's over. No, it's actually not. COVID <laughs> is over when COVID says it's over. Um, there was a uh, woman in Jacksonville who um, she went out with 15 friends to a bar called Lynch's Irish Pub on June 6th. They all went out to celebrate and um, because quarantine was over. Quarantine is over. Oh let's gosh. let's cram into an enclosed indoor space where we have to get close to each other to talk. And she tested positive for COVID-19 two days later. And she said she and her friends uh, all had stayed inside. They, they all got, they all got COVID from that night. They mm. all did? All 15 of her friends mm. tested positive for COVID. Oh my And that gosh. was like the only point of con uh, contact where they all were together in one place. So... Yeah, it's uh, don't go to a bar even if it's open. I mean, I'm curious as to what this this Tulsa rally is going to be like for Trump on Saturday. Like, none of those people are going to wear masks. It's going to be in an enclosed space. It's like a super. They should if event you go to that to rally. Yeah. If you go to that rally, you should have to sign another waiver that's like, and I won't burden the healthcare system should <laughs> yeah. I get sick. Or they could get like, you know, in, in some countries where they have like mandatory voting or like younger democracies where they'll mark your finger with indelible ink when you vote so that you they know that you've done it. And also you can't go back and vote again. They should oh, do that for this oh. rally so that like if you see somebody yes. with the, you know, I guess it's sort of like a, a Sneetches situation or a Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I 
You get the reference, yeah. <laughs> totally. But wow, like, what people, a throwback. Yeah, people get marked somehow so I can tell, so I don't hang out with them, you know? Yeah. But I guess the, the, the only way to be safe is to just never hang out with anybody ever or go inside ever. anywhere. I don't, I don't know. Uh, we haven't. I We have not hung out with anyone. Yeah. We're still trying no. to like figure out how to see my partner's family and they're like three hours away and we still haven't like. Let me tell you, very, very last, safe. last Friday up here, it was beautiful. And we had socially distanced happy hour with two of our neighbors and we sat 10 feet from each other. Everybody had separate little trays of snacks. And, um, we spent the entire time talking about who had been to which stores <laughs> and which were, were people socially distancing <laughs> and which weren't and which neighbors we had seen. Had we seen neighbors and were they socially distancing? Because we all brought our masks. We like brought our masks to happy hour. Cause like, we, oh what God. if the wind was really blowing, you know? <laughs> So anyway, that was, that's what happy hour is now. So I don't know how much people this are. Is COVID gossip. <laughs> it, was, it was full COVID goss for an hour and a half. And then we were like, okay, well we can't eat together. So bye. Oh my God. We've been hiking a lot because we're uh, in an area that has a lot of like hikes. And uh, sometimes on hikes, people will be like, you guys got, you know, like, well, there's not that many people, you know, we're, we're far away from everybody, but every once in a while we'll meet somebody and they're like, where, what other hikes have you gone on? Got any? And it's like, no, 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 don't come up. You're like 15 feet. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess everybody is kind of talking to each other right now as though they're all on vacation in the same city, you know, when they're like, (laughs) we're going to try out this place, this restaurant, what's going on with this COVID stuff. Um, so what do we do when this summer things get bad again? Like, do you think that like mentally we can endure another round of being shut in and everything being closed? I mean, I think that's why some folks are, I, 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 I want to be empathetic to the folks who maybe aren't listening, even though I think who aren't wearing masks and who aren't social distancing, even though I think it's really irresponsible that like mental health and mental well-being is starting to outweigh the potential risks of catching COVID. So I'm like, sometimes I'm like, okay, I see you're all doing that. It makes me really angry, but I, I also understand that like you right. need to see another person. And I get that. I, that doesn't answer your it, question, but, Aaron, but, but just wear your mask. <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I completely living in a state where I know the governor has zero fucks and will shut everything down again. I have, uh, I'm not going to say I hoard things, but there are things that, uh, we ran out of in April and March that I definitely am well stocked with in the basement because I'm like, I just feel like at the end of the summer, I do feel like there's such a potential that we could all get shut down again, that at least I want to have bread flour, cake flour, and yeast. Still haven't gotten the yeast, but the flowers have been coming in. Ah, yes. The three main food groups bread flour, <laughs> cake flour. Also, let's just disabuse ourselves. When eaten in moderation, carbs did not make me fat. So I just want to say that. I have made all the bagels, I have all the bread and all the cakes, and I'm the same exact size I was in February. So yeah, I'm having yay, a great yay carb for time. carbs. <laughs> me too. Congratulations. <laughs> Everything to, still fits. Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, that's all that really matters. Congratulations to you guys. <laughs> Nobody go get a pedicure. I swear to you, if any of you go, yes. any of you, any of you here in the screen with me and also any of you listening, go get a pedicure. You are dead to me until I forget why you're dead to me. And then you're no longer, <laughs> and then you're no longer dead to me. I 
just think we should all have to show our O'Keefe's working feet balm <laughs> every week and be like, is it, just show me your feet because I'll know if it's working. You know what? I can't wait to get this. <laughs> it's a game changer. This is Most hardware be- stores have it. When, when, when everybody starts posting pictures of their feet, it's going to be a great week for weirdos going to be a great <laughs> and you know what no i don't want to kink shame if that's your thing that's fine just like yes. you know be kinky about people consenting to have their feet used for kinky purposes don't kinkify my <laughs> don't kinkify my feet there are whole sites where people are doing this for you just don't use my feet okay let's take a quick break but when we come back sanity corner As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. Okay, we're back. And this is the part of the show where we all talk about things that are making us happy and keeping us sane during these weird times. I will start with my sanity corner this week. Um, Guys know I'm a reader. I recently started reading a book that has been selling like hotcakes. I think it's at the top of the New York Times bestseller list. Um, It is by a writer named Britt Bennett. And the book is called The Vanishing Half. And it is... I'm just getting started with it, but I'm already, I already know that it's going to be a book that I don't want to end. Like, cause, mm. because the world of it is so intriguing. Um, I don't want to give too much of it away because I kind of like, I don't even read the f- inside flaps of books before I read them. I, if somebody I trust recommends them, I'm like, okay, cool. Sold. And I just want to discover the whole book by myself. But I will say that the book, um, tackles issues that are really important today and that a lot of people who are not members of the black community wouldn't necessarily be familiar with. So it's like a way to, it's a good book because it's like super entertaining and engrossing, but it's also educational on issues of like colorism within the black community. Mm. And um, it takes place mostly in a small town in Louisiana. So it feels very steeped in that place. It's really, I'm really enjoying it so far. She's a great writer and um, I like, I can like picture the movie or like the show version of it as I'm reading it. Highly recommended Brit Bennett's The Vanishing Half. Uh, Who wants to go next? Um, I'll go. Okay, Tian. Um, Something that I've been doing to keep myself happy is I'm learning some of the Vietnamese recipes that I never that my mom has like, I grew up eating Vietnamese food. So I've been calling my mom and asking her how to make different things. So in this quarantine, I've made homemade egg rolls. I've Mm. made, yeah, which is so easy and so delicious. Um, I've made homemade, uh, like egg noodle wonton soup, uh, have made, uh, some homemade, like a, it's called like a bird's nest, but it's like fried egg noodles. And then you have like a stir fry oh, on yeah. top of it. That's really good. Oh, I good. love a bird's nest. It's so good. Um, I tried to make chicken pho, absolutely ruined it. It tasted just, <laughs> it honestly just tasted like chicken water, but we ate it all. <laughs> but it's been really fun to like 
get to call. Like, I think I've been talking to my mom and, and my dad more than I have in the past and getting on the phone and talking to her about all these foods has been so fun. And also she's just like, as any mom, I feel like never measures when she cooks. So like all of the instructions are her just being like, I don't know, to taste. And I'm like, but I'm bad. At <laughs> I need you to tell me exactly what the tablespoons of fish sauce are that I need. Um, someone had said, I think someone, I saw a meme recently that was like, um, uh, talking about this kind of like not having measurements. And someone was like, you keep adding sauce until your ancestors whisper enough, my child, <laughs> <laughs> which I really, really love. <laughs> um, so your, what was your most successful recipe from your mom? Ooh, my most successful, I think, I think it was the egg, uh, the egg, um, egg noodle wonton soup because it's like the most labor intensive. I made the broth from scratch. So like I got, I had like purchased pork bones and like had simmered them for hours and had tried to, it was, it was very good. It was like, it was so delicious. I put like carrots and daikon in it. So it was very like naturally sweet and full of umami and then like made my own wontons for the first time, which is also very easy and fun. So it was, that's probably my fave because it was the most labor intensive and also the most satisfying. Oh, that sounds, I'm really hungry. Delicious. I know I haven't eaten yet today. I'm so hungry. That sounds so good. Well, keep us, keep us updated. I like, I'm so intrigued by this culinary journey and I love like, I love those recipes that only whoever the cook is in your family can pass on. Like it feels so mm-hmm. like there's such a significance to that. That's so cool. What a good thing. Well, sandwich. if you want this, also this egg roll recipe is very easy. If either, if you are interested in homemade egg roll recipes. Uh, yes, yes, I am. I very okay, much. absolutely am. Please send. Maybe we can I put will, it, I will write it up. Maybe we can put it in the show notes. Caroline I, has yeah, a, uh, on, be so good. Caroline's, uh, her zoom resting face is a picture of Lucille Bluth making a face. Like she just is totally incredulous. So I said, <laughs> maybe Caroline can put it in the show notes and looked at Caroline's box and it's Lucille Bluth making a stink <laughs> face. And I was like, okay, maybe we can't, but anyway, <laughs> um, Alyssa, you want to close us out? Yeah, sure. So you know how I've been making my jam? That's my thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I purchased a pH monitor, an actual jam pot. And so I did that. And so I'm like taking it to the next level. I've signed up for a course uh at Cornell online, of course, for right now on food preservation, becoming a master food preserver. What? <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm getting my, the water, my well water test tested to make sure that it's safe for me to make things with. So I've done that. And that's like, it's like building on, it makes me feel like I'm really focused on something and that I'm going to start something and finish something. And so I feel good about that. But also I just kind of looked in the mirror last week and I'd been so stressed. I was like, Oh my God, like I just kind of look a wreck and I feel a wreck. And I mean, I've been doing the working man's on my feet, you know, and it's like helping, of course. But I just decided, fuck it. I look fine. My gray hair is perfect. It's special. It's like, I'm not changing it. When I can go to a salon, I'll have them make the rest of it gray. But like, fuck it. I, I have given in to who I am as a person. I am going with the Francis McDormand path of least resistance. <laughs> that if you are just you... People, it's like, no one's going to be like, I can't believe she hasn't dyed her hair. But I was feeling really self-conscious because my hair is so, wait for it, 
so gray. Yeah, but that's it's like so an gray. awesome gray. That's like a yeah, silver. Right? It looks cool so as hell. Is, so I'm hoping that literally by the end of the summer, I look like someone who has built her own home on the prairie. <laughs> My hair, I'm going to be suntanned. I'm going to have leathery skin and I'm going to have just swaths of white hair, but I'm going to have a lot have of fucking preserved. shit to show for it. Exactly. <laughs> So that's my sanity. I love that. Oh my God. This is a, <laughs> this is great. Uh, so much news. Tien is cooking incredible Vietnamese food. Alyssa is becoming a gray haired, like jam matriarch. There's pioneer. <laughs> and you're becoming even more well-read than you are. I'm just, yeah. I'm just continuing my ongoing education and trying to fill in the gaps of the knowledge that I wish I would have had before. But you know, which is all we can do. You know, yep. l- life is a highway. You know, we got to ride it <laughs> <laughs> all night long. <laughs> Don't make me sing that whole song. Oh my! Uh, From Mozambique to Kathmandu. <laughs> Mozambique to Kathmandu. I just made it up. You, I don't know what it sounds oh, like. Oh, I was like, wait a minute. Is you, that what? I was like, you definitely no. can't drive from Mozambique. Yeah, I know. That's I know. really I know. hard to get to Kathmandu. It took... But it's one of those <laughs> lyrics, when you say it fast, that's what it sounds like. Right. It's like I made uh, earlier during quarantine, I made caramelized onions on a grilled cheese sandwich. And Ooh. I was like, that sounds like a lyric from an old Beck album. No, it totally does. (laughs) Anyway, okay. That's all the time we have for this week's Hysteria. Thank you, Tien. Thank you, Alyssa, for coming by to hang out. This always is so fun. Oh, Alyssa, what's up? It's from Mozambique to Memphis. From Mozambique. Okay, you can't make that drive either. It includes includes references to the Kyber Pass. I'll circulate for everybody. Okay. 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 Um, (laughs) Listen, Tien, thanks for hanging out this week. This is always so fun, and it's so good to talk to other human beings. I really, really enjoy it. Um, And thanks to all of you for tuning in. We really love you guys. We love hearing back from you. If you have any feedback or if you want to just send us a hello, you can email us at hysteria at crooked.com. And uh, there'll be more hysteria for you next week. Hysteria is a product of Crooked Media. Caroline Reston is our producer. Our editor is Sarah Barrett, and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Thank you to Juliet Beckstrand for production support and to our digital team, Elijah Cohn and Nadina Melkonian for filming and editing our video content every week. If you want to get naughty, me up sips of a hot toddy. You want to get knocked out, you'll be sorry. You want to go and cry out to mommy. Do my one two step with the bass drum. I'm in the coconut, make me come. Slurp this rum, I'ma get, get me some Give them what they want, it will never be enough You can take what you want from me Yeah, I'll say it loud and we're gonna shut it down All the girls to the front with me Girls to the front, to the front, to the As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware.